Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast. I'm Mike Margulies in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Thank you to everyone who has given us a rating or review on iTunes. Really appreciate all the five-star reviews coming in. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet and you are enjoying the show, please do help us out with a rating or review on iTunes. Also, if you haven't taken advantage of it yet, you can get yourself a free audiobook at our link, audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Audiobooks like podcasts, great medium to just hang out and listen to, whether you're on a bus or on an airplane. Uh, it's really nice, uh, just way to kick back and be entertained. So if you uh, really would appreciate that, you probably will if you like podcasts, go ahead and get yourself a free one, audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Uh, this episode, I'm being joined by Lauren and Dave. Uh, you are both travel bloggers and have and digital nomads authors yep. and you've been dating on the road now for three in two weeks it'll be three years yes. right <laughs> yeah which is awesome and so you guys each have your own travel blog site uh you've got what's dave doing.com that's obviously dave's site strangely <laughs> yes <laughs> and also neverendingfootsteps.com is uh your site Lauren. And yeah, I guess I would definitely be interested though to hear, um, you know, the angle of traveling as a couple. Um, I've been traveling solo myself for, you know, whatever, a year or so, but you guys have been traveling together. I'm just, maybe you've gone solo with you as well, uh, at certain points, but three years as a couple, very different experience. Very different, yeah. Absolutely. How, yeah, so how, how do you guys kind of find that experience to be? I, I prefer the couple travel because I'm not very good at traveling on my own. <laughs> I like traveling on my own because I think I meet more people and I can be really selfish and do whatever I want whenever I want. But I also get lonely and I just have no common sense so I screw up all the time when I'm on my own. So for me being this part of a couple Dave kind of keeps me safe and alive so that's really, I prefer the couple travel because I stay alive. Okay, <laughs> staying alive is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing to yeah. have me around for. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, I mean, I, I travel both solo and in relationships and stuff. Um, I like them both for different reasons. Uh, but I think for a longer term or a long term trip like this, traveling solo for years is hard. Um, you know, humans like being, we're social animals mm. and although you can always get a group of friends and someone around you as a traveler you're always on the move and those friends don't always go the same direction you are yeah um i think having someone to share it with over the longer term is, is it helps keep you uh you know somewhat sane somewhat normal and uh enjoying your life i think um you know solo trips for six to twelve months 18 months maybe are fine but you're doing it for years and years by yourself it's pretty tough I think. yeah yeah i know that so i um yeah, I, I definitely, for me, I wouldn't trade the experience I had traveling solo for anything, but like you said, I don't know if I could keep it up for years and years and years and years and on, on end, which is the you know, big part of the reason I'm getting more stable now and staying. I mean, for you guys, um, I guess since you have someone else and you don't have the, um, you know, where I was, it was like I wanted more stability, so I got that by kind of stopping moving as much. Do you find that because you're traveling kind of like together? You kind of like you can move more, maybe, and feel that stability anyway. No, no, <laughs> no. You still want? Uh... We, yeah, I, I think it's a natural thing when you travel for a longer period of time. You know, for a while, you, you're you're like you're super gung ho about moving quickly, seeing everything there is to see, you know, all the rest of it. I think after you've been doing it for a few years, 
um, I don't know, maybe it's just the energy levels or maybe it's desire to, to have a community or something, but you know, slowing down starts getting more appealing. It certainly is for us. Mm. I mean, we're, even now, we're moving more slowly than we were um, two or three years ago. You know, next year, um, we, we may have a base for you know, almost six months, potentially in Europe. Um, just because, yeah, yeah the, the fast-moving thing stops being quite so appealing. I think trying, working online as well, yeah, it's hard. You know, moving fast and working are, are not particularly compatible. Something will have to give. And so I would rather stay in one place for a while and work as hard as I can. Right. And then travel and work as little as I can. Right. Rather than trying to combine both things poorly. So when you're moving, it's when you're in more of like a not work mode. Yeah, I'm going to travel more. I mean, this is yeah, a huge yeah. effort for, for me, well, for us and for me in particular, is I've been trying to juggle it for a long time. Right. And feeling like I wasn't giving either thing 100% because mm. I couldn't. When I was traveling, I had one eye on the laptop, and when I was working hard, I wanted to be traveling, and it was it was it was working okay, but it wasn't working great. Right um, now, uh, in the last what four four six months, maybe change that approach. Right. So have a base, work hard out for a month or two, and then you just try and go almost completely offline for a couple of weeks or more. Uh, and travel like a so-called normal person, and it's actually yeah. been—it's been great. It's been for me personally, it's worked really well. Yeah. Yeah, and me. And you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I—I I, I think that's awesome. I can definitely relate to that because I think when you're moving, it's the excitement of being in new places and seeing things that like is a kind of like enough on its own to keep your you know keep you excited and occupied. And then it's those times when you kind of become more settled. Like I, for me now, it's. It, you get into work mode because, yeah. like, you know, you're not in this mode of like, oh, I'm just sitting on this new place and these new experiences. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I mean, I think you don't even want to work. Once no, you know, well, that's, that's right. I mean, <laughs> we've spent so long in Chiang Mai that you know, it's a great city, but it's not new and exciting yeah. for us. We've seen right. everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's not really anything else we want to do here, so right. we, don't, we don't feel guilty about sitting on our laptops. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, and you've been kind of uh, holed up uh, in recent weeks working yeah. on a book you've got coming out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and I like the title. It's how not to travel the world. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm pretty much a traveling disaster. <laughs> <laughs> no one should take travel advice from me because I screw up. <laughs> right. Day, so. uh, that's awesome. But I, I kind of um, you were mentioning earlier when we were talking about how I, I like this concept that you're saying the mistakes that you made. Yes. Where like some of the biggest ways you grew and learned, um, so and I, I relate to that personally. Yeah. So, um, and that got, is that kind of a theme of your book? Yeah, that's the theme. The theme is that before I traveled, I had no life experience. I had no common sense. I struggled with anxiety, and I just I couldn't really function in the world at all. It was a disaster. I, I'd never eaten eggs or rice. I'd never been on a bus before. Like that was how sheltered my life. <laughs> so then, when I decided to travel, it was just this crazy experience, and I had no idea what I was doing. I messed up so many times, and I had all of these terrible experiences. But at the time, I was like, "What am I doing? I shouldn't be traveling. I, I need to go home because I'm going to die eventually because of all these horrible things that are happening." Um, and then. Eventually, after a few years, I realized that this really positive transformation had taken place and I wasn't having panic attacks anymore. Um, I was really good with food. I was okay with eating rice. I knew how to do classes. <laughs> um, so travel was a really positive thing for me, but only through having terrible things happen. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. You probably, Dave, I assume you also probably relate to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I started traveling earlier, so I, I got to make all my mistakes before I uh, before I met Lauren, which is great. Um, <laughs> so now you can keep her alive. Yeah, now, yeah. now, now I keep her alive. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I totally agree. You, you learn way more from your mistakes than you do from everything going perfectly all the time. Uh, I mean, it's very hard to learn how to travel well and get the most out of the situation if everything goes according to plan because normally the best the most interesting things happen when your plans don't go yes. to plan things don't go to plan you know yes. the bus breaks down or, or the hotel is full or you know whatever you, you screw up and end up in the wrong city or whatever, you know, whatever it is and you know, all these things, things have happened and at the time it's a nightmare yeah. Um, but you look back on it afterward and you're like, actually, that was really positive because I wouldn't have met that person or I exactly. wouldn't have found that thing or I wouldn't have been to that place had I actually done what I thought I wanted to do it originally. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, and there's very, very little in either my solo travels or when I've been with Lauren that I can think of where it's like something went wrong and it ended up being an unmitigated disaster. Like, yeah. They're just, they're just, well, like, it doesn't happen, happen, right? It, you know, it always works out one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, our, our plans change all the time, you know, even the ones we, we do make change, mm. and, then, and then we screw other things up, and it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's fine, and to me that's one of the biggest takeaways from any travel, especially a longer term travel, is like, don't worry about the plans. Yeah, the plans will change either because you want them to, or, or if you don't, it doesn't, you know, either way they'll change. Yeah. Um, so just go with it, and uh, it, it's... You know, I used to be super, um, super concerned, if, mm. super stressed if my if things didn't go to plan. You know, mm. I'd make plans and then they wouldn't work out, and that would be the end of the world. You know, if the bus didn't show up for five minutes uh, when I was trying to go to work or whatever it was, that was the end of the world. Right. You know, I mean, seriously, the, the world was just about to, to, to <laughs> explode. Um, you know, you, you travel for a while, and, and much much larger problems occur. On, a, on an almost daily basis, and you, you just have to deal with it. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all the little things don't matter at all. And you, you, I don't know, you know I, for me personally, I've got far more zen like in my uh, approach yes. to most things in life. It's like, well, I can't change it. Yeah. And even if I could change it, I don't even know if I want to. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme. And I think that really, it took a while to get to that point, but but now it's it's pretty hard to get too worked up about most most things because it's like well you know it'll be fine yeah it always has been it always will be yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there man like uh when the travel is kind of like uh, a sped up version of regular life in many ways right so just in life also things change things don't go the way that you thought they were going to go oh and you're and then you're on the road it's, that happens like it was rapid 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 every so day. many experiences yeah every day <laughs> it's happening and you end up becoming more zen because you're like all right well that's just the nature of what it is, and you become at peace with it, and not what you, you control. You can, so you, can, you can try and fight it, but it's, yeah. it's a very frustrating experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and once you let go and flow with it, and yeah. like you know, all of a sudden you start saying, "Oh, wait, this is actually kind of cool experience." I'm driving around, and it started torrential downpour the other day, and you know, it could be, "Oh man, shit, what terrible!" But oh, this is a cool experience driving a motorbike in the yeah. rain in Chiang Mai. It starts pouring on you, so you have to stop and get undercover or, you know, yeah. or whatever, and then you get to meet some locals who are sheltering under the same thing and you know, make some new friends or whatever. There's no, yeah. And life moves in weird ways, but you, 
you know, this is always a positive to take from it. Right, absolutely. It was interesting what you were saying about it's a sped-up version of real life, because the same thing absolutely applies to relationships, too, mm. on the road. Oh, they relate. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, like, with us, for example. I yeah, mean, the relationship happens so much faster. Right? So, you know, we, we... We moved in together within 24 hours of meeting each other. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because, like, I mean, if you think about it, normally, if I was, you know, back when I was working, like, a corporate job, for example, yeah. um, if I met somebody uh, I liked, to get to spend 24 hours with that human being, that would take me probably a few weeks of oh, yeah. time to get to that amount of time with that person. Yeah. But if you're traveling, you meet someone on the road, in one day, you have spent 24 hours yeah. with that person. <laughs> so you've essentially had weeks of yeah. a relationship all compressed. And so you get to those, yeah, I've had these experiences where, like, you know, I'm dating someone for a couple of weeks, and it's just wow, you're already like so close. It's like it's worth a few months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it, it really is. Uh, and that's to me one of the greatest things about travel is mm. how quickly you can form relationships. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't even mean romantic ones necessarily, just right. relationships in general. Absolutely. Um, of course, the downside is that they they can go yep. just as fast. Yep. Uh, so that's yeah, the other side. Of it. <laughs> it's definitely a double edged sword, but you know, to, to me, there's less, you know, like, bullshit for want of a better word. Oh, to, to, you, you, people don't have the same excuses and the same rationales and the same barriers about yeah. meeting new people. People um, have a lot less barriers traveling, I find, which is it's refreshing because you can just be true to yourself and you don't have to worry about. Uh, usually, people aren't going to, you know, judge something. You can be more open, and it's kind of like. I don't know. It's a very beautiful, nice thing. I, I think it is, and I think too, you know, people have less demands on their time as well. You know, in in so-called real world, it, it's you know, people have you know, they may have families, they may have you know, houses, they may have hobbies and clubs and prior commitments, and you know, even if you want to spend a load of time with someone, you, know, you, you can't always do it. They've got mm-hmm. a thousand other things that they they have in their life that they're pre-committed to, and you know, you you fit somewhere on near the bottom of their list. Right. <laughs> You know, when you're traveling with a, with, a, with a backpack by yourself, there's almost nothing that can't be changed in, in a heartbeat. And yeah. you have very few other demands on your time. And, and that, that leads to great flexibility, but also just being able to spend way more time with someone yeah. than you otherwise could. Because, like, well, I, I don't have to rush off to insert a thing here. I can just stay here yeah. all night. And we can do the same thing again tomorrow if we want to. It's, it's you know, that, 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 it's a very free and refreshing way to live and it's very hard to uh, go back to it is to, very to a life where that isn't the case Com- making commitments again yeah. is hard yeah, very I'm much. talking about through now it's like I'm having a hard time trying to like you know schedule things I have to commit to oh, oh, I want to be free I want to be uncomfortable we are shocking for that yeah <laughs> I mean when we have to try and tie our plans into other people's uh, schedules yeah, like your parents coming. Yeah, like my, my parents or your parents. You know, yeah. like you know, we're we're going to be in Europe next year, and Lawrence's parents are looking six or eight months out to go and book accommodation and flights for for a trip that we want to do together. Mm. It's yeah. like six or eight months. Yeah, like, you know, like we don't know what we'll be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we don't know what we'll be in six weeks. It blows my mind yeah. when I. Oh man, yeah. I was listening to another podcast earlier today actually about like planning your trip, uh, planning a sabbatical. Uh, and taking a whole 30 days off uh, and plan it if you have to plan it two years ahead and I was just like whoa 
It's a whole different paradigm. That's just a vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just blew my mind to think, like, wow, I, like that's a completely different mind space. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, I, I get how, for some people, they, they get comfort from making those kind of detailed plans. Mm. Um, but to me, yeah, I, I used to be that person. You know, when I first yeah. started, I thought that's oh, what yeah. you did. You know, you sat down with the guidebook and you, you wrote out all the things you want to do and plan a number of nights and how you're going to get from A to B. And you know, you, you just kept such Henry that was 28 pages long and told you exactly how things were going to be every hour of the day. Um, and that's fine. I think if that brings you comfort, but I think you still need to expect that it's actually most of it's not going to happen, even no matter how much comfort it might bring you. But I don't know, these days, we've probably almost gone too far in the other direction, but, you know, planning is just yeah. a, a challenge. Now it screws us over because now we won't plan until the day before and then all accommodation will be right. booked. And, and we're like, why don't we book it a week ago? And with flights as well, we'll see a really cheap flight and we'll be like, oh, we'll look again in a month. And we'll be done with the <laughs> yeah, so now we, we're too late back. <laughs> yes, a number of times we've said we're going to, we must book those hotels, you know, Tomorrow, and then yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe maybe the next day. Yeah, I did something that I'm not accustomed to recently. So I'm um, planning to head back to like see the states for like, yeah. the holidays, um, and I did something I'm not very unaccustomed to, which is like I really planned out like my my trip. Like I I know what, what I have flights booked. So, like I know which cities yeah. I'm going to be in, which dates, all the stuff. But here's the caveat: I booked them with Southwest Airlines. And, and you guys, have you guys, I think it's like American Airlines, you guys might not know. Oh, I've flown You know Southwest. Yeah. Well, what's great about these guys is um, actually I can change my flight if I want to without a fee or anything. Yeah. So I have like a, a date book that I have flights, but it's like, yeah. hey, if I change my mind, so good on you, Southwest. I'll hereby endorse Southwest yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for travel, yeah, this kind yeah. of travel, you know, so you can make, get yourself the flight in advance, but not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the key, is, is even if you do have to make plans, you know, mm. try and do it in a way that they're as flexible as they can possibly be. Yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to uh, yeah, give up that flexibility after having it for so yeah. long. But it's, you know, but it's funny because it's hard to explain how valuable it is to yes. someone who's never experienced it. It is I mean, hard to, uh, it's very hard. Actually, I've got... Tomorrow, I have a friend from home. He's coming to visit uh, here um, in Chiang Mai for like two weeks. A friend from high school, and I, you know, I've been trying to tell him like he, he really wants to you know get himself uh, set up with like a, a room and all the. Yeah. I've been trying to tell him, trust me, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it it'll just show good. up. It'll work <laughs> out. And so far, I don't think he's he's done it. So I think it's good. <laughs> but, I mean, we get emails fairly often from people who read the site or, or, or whatever. Um, and a fairly common question is, you know, he, I've got two weeks or three weeks or, or whatever period of time they have, and I want to see all of Southeast Asia. Yeah, two weeks. Oh my god, two days in Bangkok, two days in Chiang Mai. Here's my itinerary, like oh. down to down to the minute. And oh, I was just like, well, okay, cut out probably two thirds of that before you yes. even start. And it then, usually doesn't account for travel days no. as well. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> cut out two thirds of it, and then and then scrap the detail for the rest of it yeah. because. Yeah, within two hours of getting on the ground, you're going to want to change whatever plans you thought you had. Yes. So just, just, just trust me on and it. You can't yeah. experience Southeast Asia in no. two or three weeks. No. Like, yeah. you, you can't even experience, I would argue, Chiang Mai in two weeks. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Like, you, know, you try and explain that concept, and the answer is always, well, that's the time I have. So 
Okay, well, if that's the time you have, choose a place or two. Then just dramatically yeah. slash your, yes. your expectations about uh, where you're going to get to in that day yeah. because you'll, you'll be exhausted after a week and hating yeah. every minute of it. So just, just yeah. stop moving so fast. And I've done it. Like I, I remember the first time I did kind of like a, a backpacking trip. It was more like a fast packing or flashbacking. What's the word? I forgot what the word is. Whatever you call it. It was, you know, I had two weeks of vacation. So yeah. a buddy and I, we went to Europe for two weeks. So we had two weeks and we saw like, Five city with Amsterdam, Munich, Rome, Ibiza, Barcelona in two weeks, and yeah. and it was an awesome time. And in many ways, that trip opened the doorway for me because I met people that were doing the more long term unstructured, yeah. and I was like, oh, someday that's going to be me. <laughs> um, but uh, and it was that trip was a good experience. I think for many people, maybe it's the, you know, for a first time kind of doing that trip, they might do it that way. But really, it, if anything, it showed me, ah, you know. Uh, Maybe a little bit longer and structured. Yeah. That's I, I, well. I think I think the feel. You know, to me, I, I it, you know, it's totally a, a FOMO thing. But I, 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 I fear this thing. I don't a lot of time. Totally. <laughs> but I, I hate having to move on before I'm ready. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I I like being able to get my fill of a place and then say, okay, now I'm done. Now it's time to go and whatever. Right. Where, when you feel that, when you where, wake up at that morning, like, on today's the day, and. Yeah. and it might be after two days, or it might be after two weeks, and you've never been there. You don't know whether it's exactly. two days or two weeks or two months. Yeah, um, exactly. And and having to having to just take to that pre-booked bus or you know train or plane or whatever the hell it is. I know. I I, I usually leave with with, with, with regret, and I, I, yeah. I hate leaving a place with regret. That was my the first month of my trip. I planned out the first four weeks, and I went from Croatia to Russia. In four weeks, and I'd booked train tickets, and I'd booked plane tickets, and I'd booked all my accommodation, and I was miserable for the first month of my trip, basically, mm. because I was just moving so quickly, and I would, I'd love a place, and then have to leave, and then I'd arrive somewhere else and not like it, and then you stuck there for five days. Yeah. And it's never the right yeah. amount of time, no matter what you bought. Yeah. It's never the correct amount. It's like if you've never been to a place, how can you possibly guess ahead yeah. of time? No. I want to spend three days. Oh, I, I think three days is enough to do that city. Like, what is doing a city? People get that question. Like, oh, is three days enough time to do this city? Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> is, that, is enough word, time to like see the tourist attractions? Like, what is the <laughs> that, that word yeah. doesn't exist in my in my right? Yeah. Doing, a country, doing a city, yeah. doing a country. How long does it take to do Cambodia? Like, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roughly a lifetime. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually. <laughs> no. It, so no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it, it's. You know, to me, it's, it's super important just to just to build in the flexibility as much as you can because yeah. you end up disappointed. And even for so-called seasoned travelers, you know, we screw, we've screwed up on that many times in the past. I mean, our, our oh, Eurail trip it was that we just did. insane. We visited, so I think it was um, maybe fifteen countries in under a month. Because oh, wow. so we, were, so <laughs> the, the, the justification yeah. for it. Holy was that we had we had URL passes or interrail passes yeah. to, to uh, and so, so we, we have to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. We so, there, so there was time, and we had to get to as close to Turkey as we could by the end of it because we had we had plans in, in Turkey. And we're like, okay, well, yeah, there's a there's a logical you know, sort of route we can take, and you know, it goes up and down, whatever. But you know, basically, it gets us close to our destination. But you know, the reality of that is, you are looking at so many different cities and countries in a short space of time and again so we would be pre-booking stuff because we knew when we had to you know, get together and leave or whatever and it was never the right amount of time mm-hmm. ever yeah. i don't think i don't think it was a, everything was too short everything was, was too, almost, almost everything yeah. was too short um 
and even when we tried to build with extra time and it still wasn't right, or you know, and you know, we're, we're supposedly experienced travellers, but we, we still got it wrong. I think yeah. we spent forty-seven hours on trains over the month. Holy shit! So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't that really was <laughs> How not to travel the world? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quickly, how to travel the world? The answer is quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think slowly, slowly is uh, yes. is always a good. Um, Good advice, I would say. Well, at least the way I like to travel, and it sounds like you guys also have a similar thing. Um, yeah, actually, another thing that's uh, interesting that you guys do, you have, I didn't mention it, I didn't mention it yet, but uh, Dave, you've got another site too, yeah? Um, which is, uh, is too many adapters.com. Too many adapters, the story of every digital nomad's life. Um, yeah, basically, the it's a it's a technology for travelers site, and the background for it uh, is that I, I worked in IT in a corporate job for far too long, um, and I've always been a, a geek at heart. Mm, um, me too. And, <laughs> you know, when I first started traveling, technology and, tra- technology and travel just didn't really go together at all. You know, there was very little in the way of, uh. of technology. You know, I had a, a Walkman and a few cassette tapes and a old film camera with a couple of rechargeable batteries and that was the limit of my technology. Um, obviously that's completely changed now, both with digital nomads, sure, but just regular travellers. I mean, you walk into any hostel anywhere in the world and it's all iPads and iPhones and right. laptops and, and that is Kindles and, you know, no one's talking to each other, but that's a different story. Um, right. And so... That happens even with non-travellers too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Like, like, dinner with your yeah. smartphone yeah, and okay. your Facebook <laughs> You know, but I I realised that there was a, a gap in the in the, uh, in the market, so to speak, for how to use this technology efficiently. What to, you know, what to choose, how to use it, what not to use it for, um, how to enhance your trip with your technology rather than letting it take over your trip, and all this sort of thing. Um, and so, about three years ago, I co-founded the site um, and. It's you know it's done pretty well uh, so far. So it, 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 that's what it focuses on: is technology for travellers. Uh, there's a there's a section in there for digital nomads. There's a, a book on the site for technology for digital nomads. Um, but it's not only for digital nomads. It's for anyone who has any kind of interest in technology yeah. um, as they travel and, and how to use it, uh, how to get the most out of it. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think what what you guys are both doing overall is like uh, you know another great example of you know you can. There's so many ways you can have, if travel is an important part, it's a priority for your lifestyle, you can still find ways to like, you know, make money. This whole, this whole digital nomad thing. Like, okay, so you're, you're both authors, so you can write a book from, you know, what do you need for that? You need a laptop. And, yeah. and if you have, you're saying, like, point to people with the right technology for that too. Yeah, yeah, but you, you can, you can I mean, make I, a podcast or whatever. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think, you know, it, it, the more time goes by, the more options there are for yeah. making money online in different ways. Freelancing is becoming way more of a thing, especially location-independent freelancing than what living used to be. We both do some freelance work on top of all the other stuff that we do. Freelance writing. Freelance writing, yeah, Yeah. uh, for different different publications and so on. I mean, there's there's lots of different ways of doing it, and for most people, especially starting out, having multiple streams, even small streams, multiple income streams is a really good way to go because yeah. you never really really know which one's going to take off which one's going to die um, yeah. you know we've both seen our various income streams go up and down dramatically over right. the last three years as 
wider economic forces take over and you know people's priority advertisers priorities change budgets change yeah you know, well you how we how we funded our travels when well, when we first met each other was just through advertising on our site and now that's pretty much gone completely really? for us well, we're not really that interested in doing it anymore but so you were able to, to fund like your travels just through like uh, your blogs essentially yeah yeah Travels in Southeast Asia, perhaps not tra- not travels uh, in more expensive right, right, right. So you know, you can make a small amount of money. You, you could cover your costs in this part of the world um, through like affiliate links and these kinds. Yeah, of things. or just you know, very AdSense and people buying space on your side and your direct advertising and stuff like yeah. that. But it, you know, that a lot of that's going away. Why is that going away? Probably putting their money elsewhere. Okay, so the advertisements just aren't necessarily there as much anymore. Yeah. So it's just change. It's changing. It's changing. Yeah. It's changing. Um, and you, know, you can either and you can adapt to it, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you need to change with it, and or you can diversify your income yeah. and do other things. And yeah. I, I think exactly. the answer is always both. Yeah, do yes. both of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because the other thing too, if you've got four or five different things that you're doing, any one of them can take off. Yeah. And that's great. You know, and so therefore you can focus your time and money on that. Um, if you're only doing one thing, you're very much at the mercy of, yeah. of it going away. And you know, I, I've seen that. We've seen that happen to people. Is, is yeah. you know, they're, they're working on the road. They're making money from one thing. You know, they've got one client, or they've got one site, or they've got one whatever. And then, however, they were making their money just dries up. Yeah. And, right. You know, that nice regular two or three grand a month they were pulling in suddenly becomes two or three hundred bucks. And you know, unless you've got a nice fat savings account to tide you over the hard times, you know, you're going home, you know. <laughs> and it kind of ties into what uh, we were talking about earlier, like the being adaptable, kind of like, hey, things are changing, so yeah. you, you roll with it, you know? Yeah, you, um, yeah you, and, you know, you, and I think the, the part of that is don't be completely wedded to any one thing, you know, mm. be, as I say, be prepared to kill your babies. It's, yeah. it's, you know, uh-huh. it's hard, um, but if you've got yeah. something that, that, you know, because it's very hard when you, you put all this time and energy and love into, you know, a site or a product or a project or something, but there also comes a time where you say, well, great, I just, I actually can't, I can't do everything I need to do yeah, in the time I have, something has to go, yeah. what's it going to be? Yeah, and hopefully though that process of building it up, even if it ends up being, uh, you know, it, it either fails or it it has its time and the sun it goes away. Hopefully, um, you know, a lot of it could be something that you really are passionate about. So it won't even be like maybe work necessarily. Like you know, you you mentioned like it seems like your site's kind of drawn from a personal passion of yours. Say, so, oh, you're a geek at heart, so you have a site about, about travel technology. So uh, I, I like the idea of taking something you're passionate about. And applying that, and you can find a way to like, hey, make a site for it. Or, you know, and you yeah. and you actually can, um, but passion doesn't pay the bills. True. So <laughs> you, you know, find a way to monetize the passion. <laughs> you know, going in with a passion is great. Going in with a passion and a business model is even better. Yes. You know, and, and and that's the lesson I've learned. I mean, it's it's, it's passion projects are awesome. Mm-hmm. But passion projects that have a direct route to funding your travels uh, are better <laughs> because it's very easy to spend. And I have. Spend way, way, way too much time on things that, as much fun as they are, they're not contributing to your bottom line. We used to come up with all these really great ideas, and we'd be like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's register a domain name." But now our first customer says, "How do we monetize it?" Right, oh, right. I don't know. And as, as mercenary as that sounds, you know, fundamentally, yes. our desire is to travel and enjoy our travels and have a great life, mm. which means 
you know, spending a hundred hours a week in front of a laptop does not achieve that, even if that's a laptop in Chiang Mai, even if it's a laptop right. on the beach. It, it, it doesn't, you know, a hundred hours a week in front of a laptop is not sustainable or enjoyable over right. the long term. So therefore, whatever we do, it, there has to be at least some reasonable chance that there'll be some income that comes out of it, hopefully while still loving it. And, and you're looking for income per hour of time spent this, you know? Well, it's like, y- yes. Yeah. It, doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to correlate directly. I'm happy right. to, to go and spend a thousand hours on something with no income as long as I then see that will then become yeah, yeah. something that, exactly. that, that, will, that will generate some start significant to money after that. But you don't want to indefinitely spend 100 hours a week on something that's... No, and, you know, and that's very easy, and you know, blogging is a great example of that, because the yeah. barrier to entry is so incredibly low. Right. It's yeah. very easy to start and get into the grind of you know, more content, more content, more content. Right. But there also has to become more money point as well as a more content point. Right. Um, otherwise, well, you're just spending, you're just grinding time, and you're exchanging time for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, uh, like I say, it's... It's, you, you've got to have the passion, but the passion isn't sufficient. Right. Uh, there has to also be, yeah, you have to be satisfying someone's a need out there, ideally a need that will put money into a bank account. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I may ask you guys each one more question. Um, and I guess I'll start with you, Lauren. Yeah. What's one thing you haven't done yet that you would like to do? Um, I would like to go to Antarctica. Awesome. And we were meant to be doing it at the end of this year, but now we're not, so that's a bit sad. Um, and why aren't we doing it? Because it's really expensive and because I have a book to write. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after the book, maybe. After the book, maybe. You get the book published yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully it makes some money and to fund the trip to, yeah, to Antarctica. Yeah. yeah. I think as well because we don't take any sponsored trips. Um, we pay for everything ourselves, every single thing. So a trip to Antarctica would be, you know, 10 grand. Once we really like for it, like $18,000 each. So, and because we pay for everything ourselves, that was like, ah, that's going to be a big chunk of our savings yeah. for a three-week trip. Yeah, that's... Um... <laughs> It's not quite uh, traveling in Thailand. No, 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 it's it's traveling in Thailand for a year. Right. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Dave? Well, mine was going to be uh, that one, so I'll I'll come up with something else. Um, Something else. Something I would like to do uh, is a long walk. Um, And I haven't decided exactly what form. You mean like a really long walk? A really long walk. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Caminos, various Caminos in Europe are obviously a prime example of that, the Camino de Santiago, or whichever one Camino you want, you want to take, um, which are normally, you know, anything between two and four, six, eight weeks, depending on what you're doing. There's one in New Zealand that goes from the top of the country to the bottom, uh, which is more like a six-month hike. Um, there's, all, you know, there's one in Turkey that we've talked about that takes about a month or more. Um, and you know, coming from New Zealand, hiking has always been some part of my life, but not anything like that. You know, it's always been a few days or, or you know, an overnight trip or something. Um, and yeah, I think I, I think I'd like to expand that and have a you know, a very long walk. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe as early as next year, we'll see how that goes. But um, we'll be in Europe. We'll, so. be, we'll be in the right place for, for many of them. Yeah, it should be should be awesome if it, if it happens. You guys should combine it. Do a long walk in Antarctica, <laughs> and then write a book about it. 
to travel and talk to yeah. <laughs> If we survive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if you survive it, you can write a book about it. Traveling and talks on the budget. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, yeah, well, thank you guys so much for, uh, for coming on. Um, folks can find you guys at your respective sites. There's whatsdavedoing.com and also too many adapters.com for you, Dave. And, yep. Uh, and Lauren can be found at neverendingfootsteps.com. Yep. And people can find info about your new book. Uh, we'll link up. There's an article. You wrote a blog post recently yes, about it. How not to travel the world. And you have like, yep. your announcement blog post. So, um, on the write up for this episode at wtepodcast.com. I'll throw up links to all the ways you can, you guys can find, uh, Dave and Lauren. You guys are also on Twitter. And, yeah, what, what, can, what are your handles? Uh, mine is any footsteps. Any, what is it? N-E footsteps. N-E footsteps, okay. Yes. And mine is drifting kiwi. Is that one? Drifting kiwi. Okay. Yeah, so. Awesome. Put, put it in the show notes, people, people can find me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll throw all those, uh, all those links in the show notes. Your Facebook page, I'll get it for you guys and link up yeah. in, in the show notes. Um, awesome. Uh, thank you guys again for coming on. Thank you everybody. Uh, for listening to this episode of Logging the Earth Podcast. Uh, if you are enjoying it, please do help us out with a rating review on iTunes and or help yourself with a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks, Dave and Lauren. And we will catch you next time. Hasta luego.